I think it's just like everybody talks about when you have a baby, right? Everybody talks about, you know, you don't get any sleep and, you know, they're up all night and all the things, but nobody talks about like all of the the transition that happens with like marriage too. And it is yeah. quite the transition. It's habit change though, right? Like, so you've got these habits you establish, especially if you live alone and then that changes and then you have to reestablish habits and and then trying to find your place your where you are like you're trying to establish a relationship where you keep your identity and at the same time you claim an identity it's like adding on and finding that line between this is where we are and this is where I am and there are different needs within that context that you have to find together, which can be exciting and sounds like frustrating and wonderful, crazy, wonderful, terrible experience all at once. <laughs> Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today, we are joined by... April Cunningham, confidence coach, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Influencer. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. So Lisa, it's been a year. What's it like being married? Mm, It's great. (laughs) Um, but I think there's so much that comes with um, being married that people don't tell you about or don't warn you about or don't talk about maybe for their own personal reasons you know so for myself uh, it was a big adjustment to wake up one day somebody like (laughs) lives in your house now great Uh, (laughs) and they came with stuff Okay, great. And where <laughs> are we going to? Right, I know. Trust me. I tried to negotiate my way through that. I was like, there has to be some way you could just keep your stuff at your place, just sleep here. <laughs> then go back. Yeah, go back and forth, you know? Like a backpack is sufficient. That's all you need. Um, but just, yeah, starting whole new habits and whole new routines. I read a book once and they were, the book, highlighted the fact that when you move to a new house or apartment or space, a lot of the times people feel really exhausted. And it's not necessarily from the move, but it's from the change in habits, right? Because the longer Mm. you live in a place, you know where things are. You can basically go to the bathroom, sleep, because your, your body's on autopilot. But whenever you create a new habit, you don't have that. And so I, I think getting married was a huge change of habit. Not just in the way that we live, but, you know, all of the things. Getting up in the morning. I want to go to the gym. Do you want to go to the gym? Like, what time works for you? What time works for me? And also, I think there's this sense of, like, when you're newlyweds, that, you know, you want to do everything together and you want to be together. And it's like, let's be together. And I think it took a long time. (laughs) It took a long time to, like, yeah, no, we don't have to do that, actually. We could just, we could just... Be separate people that live together and reside together, you know. So that was an adjustment. It's been an adjustment for sure. Yeah, so for the sake of the audience, um, 
you and Malachi have been married for a little over a year. Um, yes. You all did not live together before you got married. Nope. You did not spend the night in anyone's, at each other's homes, so you had no idea what your habits were like. Is that right? Yes. So this is a real adjustment um, to, to get married, and the first night that you're ever staying the night together is your wedding night. And then the mm -hmm. next day, you're starting off with all of these new things and trying to acclimate to this other person. Mm -hmm. And while I think we all consider marriage to be, well, I won't say all, but by and large, people consider marriage to be a beautiful thing and a great opportunity to create this union with someone that you love and want to spend forever with. Um, it's good to know that there is not necessarily a dark side, but that there are other parts to being married that, like you said, people don't really talk about. Um, so <laughs> tell me a little bit about how you um, managed the, do you want to go to the gym? Because I think, I mean, I've never been married, but I think that people get together and then like everything falls apart. They just want to like sit in each other's company and not be productive because they're just so in love. But is that how it goes? Uh, I think it's half and half, right? I think like, and that's the hard part because I think it starts off that way. And then you're like, this is not sustainable <laughs> for like living human beings. Like we have to get up and, and go out into the world and do things. I also think that uh, for most couples in the beginning, you are thinking, okay, we're going to like do all this stuff together. Um, and then you realize, but no. And then for me personally was striking the balance of like Malachi, he wants to work out. Um, he likes to work out, but my level of fitness was completely different from his. And so uh, in the beginning, I almost felt like I had to scale mine back to try to let him catch up. And it was very frustrating for me. It was very nerve wracking for me. Um, and he could feel that. He's like, so then he got discouraged. He's like, I feel like I hold you back from your workout. So I don't want to go with you. So then he wouldn't work out. So then we tried to make this plan of we're going to go to the gym at like 530 in the morning. And we did that for a while. But 530 is not sustainable for me. <laughs> so that mm, your, that, your lack then, of of being a morning person has been well documented on the podcast uh, you guys know you guys know and so i and so what ended up happening is i would be really cranky because he would be up at 4 45 like let's go and i'd be like you go like this was your <laughs> idea you right. <laughs> exactly and he's like why are you so angry i'm like it's too early why are we doing this and we had to basically sit down and say, why are we doing this? Like, why are we trying to get up at 530 in the morning? If that works for your schedule, then you go and do that. I don't have to to go and do it with you. I can go at a time that's more convenient for me and kind of detach our workout routines and be OK with detaching our workout routines. But that took a while. And we had to one, I think you have to get kind of comfortable enough to say, like, I don't want you in the gym with me, <laughs> like, you know, and, and feel like you don't want to hurt the other person's feelings and get to a place where you feel comfortable enough where you could be like, yeah, no, just just go by yourself and and understand that they're not going to feel any sort of way and, and it'll be fine. But I think it's just like everybody talks about when you have a baby, right? Everybody talks about, you know, you don't get any sleep and, you know, they're up all night and all the things. But nobody talks about like all of the 
the transition that happens with like marriage too. And it is yeah. quite the transition. It's habit change though, right? Like, so you've got these habits you establish, especially if you live alone and then that changes and then you have to reestablish habits and, and then trying to find your place, your, where you are, like you're trying to establish a relationship where you keep your identity. And at the same time, you claim an identity. It's like adding on and finding that line between this is where we are and this is where I am. And there are different needs within that context that you have to find together, which can be exciting and sounds like frustrating and wonderful, crazy, wonderful, terrible experience all at once. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's just like that. Uh, I think for myself, too, because I did live by myself for a long time, um, I didn't realize how particular I was about my space <laughs> until, you know, you have somebody going in and moving stuff and you're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you're supposed to live here, but don't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely on the couch okay <laughs> that's your spot that's your area okay that's nothing yeah so um my parents my parents used to live uh here in my in this home and they've moved uh quite some time ago and I I said to my mom not too long ago I said you guys leaving was the best and worst thing that ever happened to me because it is I, for, for people like us, I think it's very addictive to have total dominance over your space where when you put something there, it's exactly where you want it to be. And when you go when you and for me also, like when you go to the grocery store, what you buy is what you're going to consume and you don't have to think about what somebody else is going to eat or um, adjust to their nutritional needs or, you know, feel like you have to force them to adjust to your nutritional needs because that's what's important to you or um, yeah, so I, I feel like it's the best thing that happened because I love living by myself, but it's the worst thing that happened because I feel super inflexible now. And it's like, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. One of the first like tiffs, I would say, we don't argue much. Uh, we really don't argue at all. But one of the first like tiffs that we had was, um, I bought something at the grocery store, it's my food put it in the fridge i'm expecting it's gonna be there when i got back <laughs> i bought it okay i live by myself so like you said i buy something it's there until i'm ready to eat it and whether that is like two days or two weeks it's there you know <laughs> and Malachi i'm not sure ate it. safe in two weeks <laughs> yeah well you know depending on the thing because sometimes i buy like i go through these spurts where like i want chocolate or something like that and then i actually get it home and i'm like I don't want it right now, but like chocolate doesn't go bad. So I can always come back right. for it. Well, first of all, Malachi is a huge sweet person. So if I want some sweets, I better put it in a broccoli bag because he's a huge <laughs> sweets person. Uh, if you bring some sweets in this house, it is gone for sure. But I remember that. I remember like looking for my item and like, where is it? And the funny part is my mom used to do this and I used to hate it because I'm like, why would you buy something? Put it in the refrigerator and then tell nobody else to eat it until you're ready to eat it, which for my mom would sometimes be weeks later. And I found myself doing that. I'm just like, why did you eat that? And uh, also Malachi and I are culturally very different because he's originally from West Africa and I'm very American. And so in his culture, food is food. And like it's for everybody. 
It's for everybody. I mean, even like right now, if he got up and he went to like his cousin's house, he would go in her fridge, make himself a plate of food, sit down and eat it. And nobody says anything. I mean, that's just like their culture. So like that was one of our very first things. I was like, I can't believe you ate my non-dairy yogurt. Like you don't <laughs> eat, you dairy. eat dairy. You eat dairy. <laughs> Why you got to eat my non-dairy yogurt? And he was like, babe, I just, it was just some yogurt. Like, I, he was like, would you like me to go buy you more? Yes, actually. I would like you to go buy me some more. <laughs> he was like, okay, relax. <laughs> but I think, like, to your point, Jen, it's like the thing that you don't even realize that you've become very particular about uh, just by living alone. And I think realistically, I had to come to terms with the fact that, like, yeah, my space is never going to be the same unless he goes on extended travel or God forbid dies or something like that. This is like my new normal. It's like things are never going to be where I left it. It's fine. Like this morning, I'm looking for my headphones. I knew where I put them. Didn't know where he put them. So he's like, oh, they're right there. You know? Um, yeah. I think yeah. you bring up a good point there, though. It's like it's giving yourself the grace to establish a new normal. Yeah. You know, in the place of yeah. emotional, you know, goodness and you know everything it's like can you give yourself grace to establish the new normal in in a major life event but that could that's true whether it's grief or marriage or love or you know parents moving out it's like can you give yourself grace to establish the new normal and know that it's going to feel a little weird not maybe more than a little while you yeah. figure it out so april you've talked a lot on the podcast about making a nutritional um, transition in the midst of a marriage where your husband didn't have the same requirements that you did. Um, so is it as, as difficult as, as it sounds or, um, or, or can you provide some tips maybe for how to manage a change in your life um, when you have this other human that you're trying to consider? Um, I think communication is key um, in a relationship. Uh, you've got to be able to talk about things and you've got to have that radical honesty where you can say, like Lisa was pointing out, like, hold on, this is how I think about things. This is how you think about things. We're not in alignment, but I have different needs. Like I need to be able to go to the gym when I need to go to the gym, right? Um, for me, when I was, uh, when I was married, um, we had very different styles of eating. Holistic doctor was like, I need you to take all this stuff out of your diet and eat no animals. And my husband was very much uh, a meat eater. And it was reeling because it's like I got my thing I need to do and then I got this thing I need to do for us because I, it was my uh, primary responsibility to make sure that, you know, food was on the, um, there was dinner cooked, um, which I, I was fine with in the beginning, which, you know, side, quick sidebar, it's that piece of being adaptable because it's fine in the beginning. In year two or three, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I need you to cook. Or we need to find some other way to negotiate this because what we started doing is not what's working for me anymore. And so because I also work and because I've got these other things and, you know, how do we how do we renegotiate these new, these norms that need to change? Because we've changed and we've shifted. Right. Um, but I think that communication is key and radical honesty is key without judgment, without, you know, my feelings don't necessarily have to mean anything about the relationship i'm just feeling this this is what i need doesn't mean that i don't you know love you or want you or want to work out with you or want to you know eat the same food as you it's just we have different needs and to honor each other in that space 
without feeling that it means something for the relationship a whole listen everything doesn't mean something <laughs> right um <laughs> i think that that's that's important to negotiate um but with that communication i think you know you can figure it out humans are very smart you can figure it out and especially when you anchor it to love you're anchored to love you figure it out you just have to give yourself some grace and know this it might be tense that's fine that's actually how you grow when there you have these moments of tension and you negotiate them together it makes the bond stronger if there can be some real honesty and transparency in what's happening in the relationship i agree that some uh, I, I agree with everything that you said but i think the other thing that's really important is to, to be aware of your own like emotions and feelings because i think sometimes that's where it becomes hard to have that line of communication and to be able to vocalize yourself is sometimes you don't even understand uh, you know, where certain things are coming from or why you feel a certain way. So I think also being kind of in tune with yourself and being able to say like, okay, yeah, this thing bothers me because, and also being okay with sometimes we feel things that are not rational. It doesn't have to be, it, I mean, it doesn't have to be right. All you have to do is make sure that people, and this is in all types of relationships, the family dynamic, romantic relationships is that the people that you love are able to be flexible, even if it's not the most like sane or rational thing and, and to honor your feelings one way or the other. You know, I think that that's really important. Yeah, I love that you said that because humans are rarely rational. Actually, we like to think we are. We're so logical. We're going to be so sensible. That ain't how it works. Um, and that we bring all our stuff like, you know. Like what you said about mommy, um, you know, put stuff in the freezer. I remember that. I remember like ice cream would be going in the freezer and it seemed like it would be there for like months. So one day I'm thinking of ice cream and I'm like, you know what? There's ice cream in here. You know what? It hasn't been touched. Let's get that going. And then three days later, she'd be like, who ate my ice cream? Wait, what? That's been in there for like three months. So to, <laughs> to bring it forward, sometimes we're not even aware or woke to the patterns we picked up from our family or the things that we just, it just, I, we, we're not aware of all the stuff that's in our own fabric um, as a human. And that stuff creeps up and then it's like, oh, I'm not actually mad with you. I'm actually mad with this other thing. Or I didn't realize that was a habit because I didn't have someone in my space to mirror that for me or to trigger me in that way. And I think that's, it's a really beautiful opportunity to see yourself if you can, you know, sit with it with grace and say, oh, OK, I totally mishandled that whole conversation because I was angry about something else that's not even really <laughs> about this. Cool. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Let's do something different next time. I think what's interesting in like the food situation is uh, when we were when I was in the midst of that discussion, I remember how it made me feel like. You know, when my mom would have stuff in the fridge forever and ever, and then I'd eat it. And then she's like, you know, and I remember how that made me feel like, like you said, it's been in here for months. Like, why are we arguing over that? Um, so I think that's a, that's an, another thing to remember when you're navigating a different type of lifestyle, especially if it involves another person is like also trying to put yourself in, in their perspective if you can um, being like reasonable and and. <laughs> as rational as you can be because sometimes in the moment you're like whatever this makes perfect sense why would you <laughs> and then you <laughs> how can you not see it this way hello yeah. how could you not see it it's like right here um but trying to see things from the other person's perspective i think is huge it's huge yeah 
Yeah, I think the communication piece is where it's very difficult because sometimes we don't want to vocalize how we feel. I think in the food situation, especially when you're sharing space with someone, my tendency is to feel very selfish and I don't like that. That's a shame trigger for me. And so to think, well, I bought this and it's mine and, and I don't want to share it with you. It's very hard for me to vocalize that, though, of course, when the person does kind of infringe on my ability to enjoy that thing, I've got all this passive aggressiveness happening where I'm like, oh, I, I guess I guess we're just eating other people's food now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so being aware of your own stuff, like you said, April, is so important because otherwise you're never going to have an honest conversation with the other person. Um, and, and then you can't get to the, OK, let's let's establish what our found, you know, the foundation of our new eating routine is or you know, what I'm going to be doing and how, and I don't want you to feel any kind of way about it. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't, and we've talked about this, right? Like changing the way you eat could be like changing your religion. And people get very um, territorial around, well, well, why are you doing that? And how come this is changing and, and I'm not ready to change and I don't want to have to eat like that. Um, and I think it can be difficult if you're trying to make a transition and and maybe you're, you're still kind of uh, getting your footing and you're you're also trying to get this other person to understand how you're doing. So I think being very thoughtful about it and then trying to have an honest conversation, not in the heat of anything else, but to set aside time to say, hey, here's what's happening with me. Here's what I want to try to do to address it um, and, and see if the other person can can also be honest with you about how it will make them feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a coach. My my first coach, um, she talked about she was married to a high school sweetheart, and uh, he started to change. He started to he was a lawyer, attorney, and, and uh, he started to change and become a coach. And as he was studying and growing on his own journey, she got really, she got really angry. She was like, "We're we're gonna you're you're changing. Like, who am I in the context of you that you're changing now? Um, and you're doing all this stuff different. That's making me feel." Lots of things, and I don't want you to change. And what's that going to mean? Are you still going to, basically, are you still going to love me when you change, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like um, now they are both coaches, very expensive, <laughs> very uh, accomplished coaches with waiting lists. Um, and so she, she changed, right? She started to change um, as she started to notice actually his changes were positive, right? And mm -hmm. the idea is, I think, that we sometimes don't realize that the resonant question is, will you still love me um, underneath it all? Will you still love me if I do this? Will you still love me if I, will we, will we still be okay? And this a sense of deep belonging, especially when you come from a place of love and you, you have something to lose, that that's, a, that, that's part of the, the underbelly, if you will, of why, why things could get tense because, you know, as things change, we don't, we don't typically want change. We want, especially if it's good, we want it to stay the same. But that's not really how humans work. We change, we grow, hopefully. Those that stay the same, you can feel it. It feels weird. Like, are you still doing that? <laughs> uh, babies are supposed to get off of milk. They're supposed to graduate to real food. They're supposed to, you see a teenager who's still- Start walking. Right, you see a teenager who's still drinking from the bottle. It's something wrong, horribly wrong. And I think we forget that, that humans are supposed to progress. Relationships are supposed to progress. And you've got to have, a, you've got to have an established- sense of how to negotiate those changes from a place of honesty um, even when it, it's going to be uncomfortable um, and understanding that a lot of it has to do with are we still good or do we still belong 
um, in the context of change. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think the the part about like having dialogue through the process too is really important because I think so many people have things going on inside of their like mind and they're making these changes that maybe they're not vocalizing. And then sometimes they just spring it on the other person and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't even know you were, you know, thinking about that or leaning in that direction. And so that's why I do think it's important that you just be transparent as you're growing and as you're changing, just be transparent um, and have the conversations if you need to. I mean, sometimes they're hard conversations to have, but have the conversations. Yeah. There's this thing I, uh, a friend of mine said recently, and it made me, it, I thought of it because of what you just said, Lisa, that it's more important in relationships that there is um, communication and adaptability and forgiveness than there is for like, compatibility is, is important, but less so if the two people can adapt and forgive. And I really thought that was a powerful point because I, I used to think, there's the one, um, and then, you know, you're little, everybody's looking for the one. I don't think that anymore, but um, I think that that's part of what we maybe sometimes forget is that it's more important that we adapt and that we forgive than it is that we like every all the same stuff or enough of the same stuff. Of course, you want to have some compatibility, some things in a relationship where it's just like, make sure you both want kids or make sure you both don't want kids. Like, that's a critical, like, life compatibility that's going to cause a lot of contention if you're not aligned on that kind of thing but mm-hmm. otherwise it's more important to become to be adaptable and forgiving and everything can be worked out if you can come from that place amen so i think the the point here is if you are working to change uh, to improve your habits so that you can have a healthier lifestyle um, don't allow fear of how your partner or your roommate or your spouse will react. Um, Don't allow that to prevent you from making a shift towards something that will probably benefit both of you. Because the best version of you will be a better version for them. Well said. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take two minutes and leave us a review in your favorite podcast app. And in the meantime, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.